Hello, dear listener. This podcast episode was recorded in March 2020 when schools were closed and schools were transitioning to online distance or remote learning. everyone welcome to the fourth episode of empower ed podcast dedicated to responding to um the covid uh, pandemic that is happening around the world or in different countries for this episode we will talk about tech tools that support online learning um so before we start i will just uh want to make this disclaimer there are a lot of tech tools that we can use online and this podcast it's not an exhaustive um, list or discussion about the tech tools there will be a lot that will come out and and i just want to use this uh episode to share the things uh to share the tools that have personally uh, made use in the classroom or in some online learning modules that i have done throughout the year just an update though um if you have noticed a lot of EdTech companies have been responding positively uh, through supporting online distance learning or remote learning that uh, has been has been being adopted by different schools around the world. And personally, I want to thank these EdTech companies for showing that they have a heart and they are very responsible um, EdTech companies and they are doing their share and making sure that this, the cause or the effect of disruption in the education system or the effect of disruption in among the learners has been uh, given some remedies. Of course, what we can do right now is to minimize the effect and this podcast is dedicated to making sure that we ourselves contribute into minimizing the effect of disruptions. Before we go to the different EdTech tools, I just want to describe the different benefits of online distance learning. I think I've missed this part in the earlier episode, but there could be a general if, uh, benefits of online distance learning. It could be number one, it's allowing the student to learn at their own pace in the comfort of their, of their home. It's called uh, online distance learning could be described as study anytime, anywhere. Of course, this may include synchronous or asynchronous learning activities, but the whole point is the student is given the freedom and the choice when to do the learning uh, modules or undergo the learning experiences. Hence, in the longer run, online distance learning may actually save time, effort, and even cost on the part of the learner. Um, there are a lot of online learning tools that can be easily uh, access and use, of course, with proper guidance and training. Challenges of online distance learning, on the other hand, may include the following. It may not be uh, appropriate for young learners, especially for those who have minimal or irregular adult supervision at home, especially when we have um, parents or guardians who, have, or who need to work and may need to leave their, uh, their, their kids, their children, to other people and they are not trained to help their um, of th this young kids. 
uh, because we're doing online learning and we know that the internet is a very rich source of distraction, we can find that learners may easily be distracted. So we need uh, to make sure that we teach them self-discipline and make sure that they practice proper digital citizenship, safeguard them from the threats that may come from the digital world or the online world. Of course, speaking of distraction, kids may lose track of their schedule if they don't follow it well. They might, there might be limited interaction or delayed feedback from teacher. So this is part, it's in the part of the teacher and uh, instructor. Of course, online distance learning really depends on the internet. And if there is unreliable and unstable access to the internet, then it will be very, very challenging for our students and even our teachers. Okay, so those are the benefits and challenges of online distance learning. Now, if we want to look at the ideal state of things and we have internet connection, there are a lot of edtech tools that support online distance learning. I think we should start first with learning management systems or what we call as the LMS. The LMS basically will create the virtual learning environment that the students and teachers or the whole school community will have to transition into. Um, LMS allows for the basic kinds of communication through messages or maybe online meetings. It basically allows different teachers to create classes and for uh, students to enroll into different classes. It's about uploading, sharing of materials, even maybe accommodating posting of assessments and giving feedback. On my personal end, uh, I've taught one semester of online distance, oh, blended learning by the way, because I usually meet them once a month and the rest are done through online platform. I taught a semester ago, um, senior high school about ICT and media information uh, literacy um, and I use Schoology. Schoology has been a very very helpful platform for me in terms of organizing the materials, allowing discussion forums, being able even to use um, standards to measure performance of students through different uh, assessments that they have. Basically for me Schoology has been a very very helpful and a rec uh, highly recommended LMS. There's a basic and enterprise uh, version of Schoology. I have personally used Google Classroom. I don't think this could be counted as LM, a full LMS yet, but Google Classroom could be uh, used to become a content management system. It allows for interaction, but it may be limited. Edmodo, Moodle, Canvas, Blackboard. For young learners, I've used Seesaw and the new ones go bubble. I think most of these are have been fairly familiar with a lot of our teachers and students. So the LMS might be a personal choice or the, the choice of the whole school community. But very important to ensure that students are made aware or teachers are, are made aware of how to use the LMS, uh, which is very, very foundational and crucial in promoting online distance learning. Now, in terms of promoting interaction, we can do live streams, virtual or online meetings. And for this, um, I applaud the different ed tech companies like Google, 
or the Microsoft Teams or WebEx of Cisco and they have been allowing use of their premium tools like Google Meet for a number of days for free. I think most of them have extended free access to their premium tools until June 2020. I think or july and i upload them for this other options could be zoom skype facetime for apple-based devices for delivering online lectures you could do youtube live also i caution people on using uh, social media platforms because in the end these are very public um, platforms and it might be hard to control privacy or note uh, the different um, opportunities for which uh, privacy of students and lear learners might be uh, jeopardized. Collaboration, as I have suggested in other episodes, is very, very important. Hence, it's important for students to be able to use collabora collaboration tools for productivity or for sharing knowledge. It could mean creating collaborative documents such as Word documents, slideshows, spreadsheets, video presentation, multimedia materials or posters or ebooks. Of course, you know, we know Google Suite of Education, Google Docs, Google Slides and Sheets. Office 365 for Word, PowerPoint, Excel. For Apple-based devices, iCloud Pages, Keynote, and Numbers. Um, to what needs to be considered is it's very important to use tools that are, um, how do you call that? That is very accessible despite platform. So uh, platform or device agnostic um, um, tools. Book Creator for Chrome. Um, has also opened its paid sub subscription and allowing collaboration to create multimedia books. Canva has team uh, features. Padlet, of course, for discussion forums, for ideas. OneNote, Microsoft, Flipgrid, and Anchor for podcasting. Formative assessment, as I've mentioned, includes Kahoot. Free access to Kahoot Premium also. They have just announced that. Showbee also has recently announced access to premium features. Socrative Pro, Mentimeter, Peer Deck, Edpuzzle, and Quizlet. Now, Edpuzzle is very, very special for me because it allows me to edit videos and input some formative assessment type of questions so that students should be able to understand their learning before they proceed with the video. Coding or virtual creation, Minecraft Education of Microsoft has opened uh, some of its features also for O365 education accounts. Tinker for coding has also done its part in supporting schools that have that have transitioned to remote or online distance learning there are a lot of resources for contents instructional materials they could be we, you can look at them depending on on how you make use of them in your classroom it could be content uh, or subject based or discipline based like number bender of youtube channel by my friend peter esperanza for math tutorial videos Khan academy also brain pop has opened his free access to for schools Vonsi classrooms uh, who are experiencing school courses will be able to gain free access to Vonsi classroom discovery education classwork zoom screencastify explain everything so there are a lot of different edtech tools that we can use as of the moment and if you follow empower ed on facebook we've been posting updates because some of a number of edtech companies have been opening their premium features for public access also. 
just three things that I want you to consider for choosing edtech platforms to support online distance learning. Number one, it's access. It should be able, it should be accessible to learners despite the plat, uh, the devices that they use at home. Second, it should be developmental, uh, developmentally appropriate. If you're teaching young learners, then make sure that the tools or the the apps that they use are very easy to understand. I mean, it's really hard to use um, edtech tools that are not developmental appropriate. We will find it difficult for students to transition to online learning if they cannot even understand how to use the edtech tools that we have um, used or integrated in our online learning uh, modules. Lastly, very important, data privacy. Let's make use, let's be mindful of using platforms or tech platforms that are very respectful of teacher and student privacy. Again, this is just plain or basic digital citizenship, basic digital rights. So let's make use of platforms that foster and respect student and teacher information privacy. So that's it for now. There will be a lot of edtech tools that will come out and will support uh, uh, schools uh, as we have as we respond to COVID-19 and we are very grateful as a, an educator, as an edtech uh, specialist for to this edtech companies in doing their own part of supporting schools as of the moment. Thank you.